Welcome to Conscious Acts of Change. I'm your host, Empress Q, a sage, a master teacher with over 35 years of experience in the realm of spiritual development, personal transformation, holistic wellness, philosophy, and the sacred sciences of the universe. In this podcast, we'll embark on an enlightening journey, delving deep into the intricacies of spiritual and personal growth. Together, we'll explore the profound world of advanced spiritual knowledge, metaphysics, esoteric wisdom, and philosophy, all while bridging the gap between spiritual understanding and practical well-being. Our conversation will take you on a fascinating voyage through topics like spirituality, psychology, consciousness, astronomy, and the intricacies of deep quantum mind theories. We'll unravel the mysteries of creation and delve, delve into sacred geometry, unlock the secrets of cosmic intelligence, ascend towards higher consciousness, spiritual intelligence, and the practice and practice the art of alchemy to achieve our innate wisdom across multiple dimensions. So our mission is to support you in redefining your identity as both a spiritual and human being, helping you manifest your life that you've longed for. So I invite you to join us on this insightful journey as we explore transformation and unlock the true potential within us all. So thank you for tuning in to Conscious Acts of Change. Today's topic, we're going to talk about the attributes of God and the creation process so that we are clear about the universe, the qualities, the characteristics of Yahweh God, as well as the universe, to help us better be able to design the life that we want by changing the lifestyle that we currently have. So let me ask the question, why are we here? And what is our mission in life? That question has been asked for hundreds of thousands of billions of years. We are all from the divine essence of creation. Our true identity not only have a divine image, but we also have the similitude of our creator. That image and likeness, which connects our consciousness with the universal divine mind. Excuse me. God can only be what man thinks he is. How you see God, how you realize God, how you worship God, how you give devotion and prayer to God, how you, whether you call him God, Buddha, Krishna, whatever you call him, there's only one power, there's one presence. The divine consciousness of the wholeness of all that there is. The image is product of the subsea. God can only be what a person think 
God is in his own belief system. We do not all have the same belief system. The true identity of God exists only in the stillness of knowing as an idea. The true identity of God cannot be realized through the senses, our physical senses, which only record the lower frequencies of information that is in motion, movement. The personality of God does not exist in motion. Therefore, his identity cannot be recorded by the senses. The physical senses cannot know. It does not know. We cannot comprehend or reason knowingness with sensory data because it vibrates below the frequency range of knowing. The true identity of God can only be known through self-knowledge. The actual identity of God embraces seven aspects of creation for this is what God is. God is the personality of creation, which ensouls the seven attributes or qualities or characteristics that form the wholeness of the one. By establishing our own self-knowledge on the seven qualities of creation, we can better Understand how the identity of God emerges as the personality of creation. So let's take a look at those seven aspects or attributes of creation. With the first one being light. Yahweh God is light. The divine source is light. Light is the substance of creation. It is the combined masculine and feminine energies of the God parents of the universe, of the solar system. Light originates in the core of the sun and forms the morphogenic field of ideation within the electromagnetic belt of the sun. I know that was a mouthful, right? In other words, let there be light. We call forth the light. Light originates in the core of the sun and forms the morphogenic field of ideation within the electromagnetic belt. That's a whole nother uh, 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 um podcast conversation uh, which I'll get to later down the line but this ideation this morphogenic field of ideation within the electronic uh, electromagnetic belt of the sun is the let there be light light God is also omnipresent man is omnipresent and man cannot See God because light vibrates above the frequency range of the senses. So, everything is invisible in the spiritual realm. We are only getting 
We're not even seeing the light directly. We're seeing the light waves coming from the light. What we see as light is the reflection of light in the mirrors of the light wave. As the substance of creation, light no has no opposite condition. Therefore, darkness is not an opposite condition of light. It is only a lesser degree of light. Darkness is invisible because the frequency of the light that is available is below what the vibrational range of the physical senses. The second aspect or attribute of creation is love. Yahweh God, our divine source, is made from the principle of love. And love is the principle of creation. The word has been grossly misused by mankind. The true meaning of love has nothing in the world to do with the false, erroneous, and connotations that has been given to it. Love means to give. Love is not looking for somebody to pay your bills because you got yourself in financial debt. <laughs> Love is not of having somebody that you can be intimate with every night, every week, every day. Love is not manipulating other people thinking that the perception that you are perceiving that you love them, but there's a hidden intention behind it. That's not love. Love means to give. The entire order of creation within the out of the out of the universe is based on the principle of giving. You know, I have an old saying that I heard years ago. It says, God gives and the devil steals. God is constantly giving by mental by mentally imaging that which is to be created and then maintaining the equilibrium which balances the two phases of creation as they give and re-give to each other. The next attribute is desire. The will of God is the universal desire to be. Not to become. To become means I'm still working on it. Becoming. I'm still working on it. But when I be, I am standing in that space as it. I am the image and likeness of it. The personal desires to express, the unlimited, unlimited desire to manifest all aspects of imagination. That is what desire to be is. It is the personal desire to express, the unlimited desire to manifest all aspects of your Vivid imagination. Therefore, God is desire. 
The law of creation carries out the will of God. But the law is only the condition under which the desires of God are executed. I'm going to say it again. But the law is only the condition under which the desires of God are executed. So, if God's desire for me is to be a spiritual teacher, it can only be executed if I am carrying out the will of God to be what he wants me to be versus me wanting to be uh, a teacher. I mean, not a teacher, but uh, let's say um, a dancer. Maybe I like dancing and I want to dance and I'm going to push this thing until I dance it until I can get to the top and be superwoman dancer. But the truth is, is that the divine plan is not a bottom-up reality. It's not about what I want. It is about fulfilling the will of he who sent me so that I'm following the top down reality as above. So below, I am a reflection of that light wave of above below. As one. The law of creation is the order in which the energy of desire transforms the mental image of idea. From the reality of stillness into the simulation of expression, then voids that action and returns to the image to its original state of rest. So once I go into this energy of desire transformation for the mental image of the idea that is being revealed to me, download, download it to me from the reality of stillness, because that's the only way I'm going to see the revelation is through the stillness. Not when I'm eating popcorn, not when I'm having conversation with friends, not when I'm sitting down the club or the bar, not when I'm driving by car. Stillness. Quiet. Because out of that stillness comes the mental image of the idea that God is revealing to you of what he wants you to do. And in that stillness, all the things that are not under the auspices of his plan is voided. And returns back to its original state of rest if it is not fulfilled under the law of the preparation and the process of creation. Order is the first law of heaven because the energy of desire originates in the will of God and desire and I'm sorry and determines the order of creation. It is the only energy in the universe. 
So we must know how to tap into this energy. We got to clear some stuff. We can't go into this process trying to meditate, kumbaya, do our devotions, do our prayers, do our supplications. And we're doing all of these different things, but we don't have control of our mind because the influences in the external world is coming into this expression and experience process. And we are not making the connections because we are not sitting in the stillness of the knowing. So, the law of creation is the only law by which mankind must live. As co-creators with God, we must take the responsibility for the action of what we create. I have an old saying that I love to say, although most people hate to hear it. <laughs> and that is, whatever you are experiencing in your life, you created it. You're not a victim. Because it was through the mental imagery of your Ideas, the expression of your ideas for your desires is what's bringing to you in manifestation whatever you mentally created that brought forth that thing. Man can, man has contrived all kinds of theories and philosophies and creeds to exemplicate the great mysteries of life. But he is still groping in educated ignorance because he uses information gathered by the senses instead of gaining self-knowledge through the mind. Among the hierarchy, God has been referred to as first cause. Cause and effect is the order of creation. It is the inception of that which is created, but not the beginning of creation. Creation has no beginning and no ending. That which is created has a beginning and an ending in motion. So although we may manifest and create and uh, 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 a new car, a new uh, BMW, or a new Chevy. Whatever it is that we are trying to bring this creation, it has a beginning. The beginning is the delivery to your house. You driving that car home, and the ending, when that car runs out and breaks down and can no longer operate and function. Because it is only uh, uh, you are only having this experience in thought form. Cause and effect are conditions of desire. The order in which all nature comes into being and then return to rest. So that's what the card does. It returns to rest when it died. <laughs> when all of its mechanical insides are no longer functioning. It returns to rest. So the next uh, creation um, aspect is idea. Idea. 
the image of all that is created. Mm, what are some of the images do we have in our mind that we want to bring forth out of nothingness? Idea is the only reality there is. There is no reality in motion. For motion only exists as a simulation in thought form. When something is created, the mental image image protected is protected, I'm sorry, is projected into a light wave that cradles the simulation of that image. When something is created, the mental image is projected into a light wave that cradles the simulation of that image until it has completed its purpose and returned to the stillness of the rest. Now, the simulation of the idea forms a material body which expresses voids and returns to rest, but the body is not the idea. It is only a reflection of the simulation in the mirrors of light waves. Reality only exists in the stillness of the idea. While it is still unformed, All motion, action, and matter are reflections of an idea. All motion, action, and matter are reflections of an idea that has been simulated into a light wave and electromagnetic impulse of electrical potential which houses the six-sided vacuum chamber bound by the mirrors of our ancestors' substances. Now, the next one is oneness. Oneness is the creation, is creation. It is the only thing in the universe. It is the whole of all that is. Wholeness embraces all creation. You see, in wholeness, there is no separation. Separateness only exists in thought form as conditions of the one. Oneness is the nature of creation. An example of this uh, can be seen through this analogy. When a bucket of water is dipped into the ocean and you're pulling out this water from the bucket, everything that is in the ocean is in that bucket. Just different conditions of quantity and environment. So when we take the water out of the ocean in the bucket and then we take the water and we use it for whatever we need it for. So the measurement is how much do we how much water do we need out of the bucket and what environment are we using the water for within what environment? It would 
not be a part of the whole, but would be the whole in part. I'm no longer part of the whole because some of the water has, I took water out of the ocean. But yet, because it's water and it came from the body of water in which I extracted, it is still a part of the whole. To relate the oneness of creation to God is through his name that is used by man to identify the divine consciousness of creation. The title of his authority. His universal name is Aten, which means at one in creation. Aten is the supreme identity that personalizes the basic aspect of creation. This is why there is only one God, one personality of creation. That personality name is Elohim. Elohim is the creator of the heavens and the earth. The next aspect is knowing. One of my favorite subjects. Knowing. God is all knowing because everything that is created must first be imaged, imagined, and mentally pictured by the divine in the stillness of knowing. Knowing does not exist in motion. It cannot be experienced by mankind through the senses, for the senses only record the lower frequencies of simulations in motion as they are reflected in the light waves. Knowing is a product of universal mind. Therefore, it functions above the vibrational range of the senses. The mind of mankind is an extension of universal mind. Knowledge is knowing. Wisdom is knowing that has been experienced through the experimentation of us testing things, manipulating things, trying things within our life. Whether they're good, bad, ugly, fit, don't fit, <laughs> We experiment and we gain the experience in order for us to gain the knowledge and the wisdom of knowing. Information is a product of the senses, which is based entirely on reflected appearances. Yahweh God said, be still and know that I am God. Stillness is the one is one of the two conditions of the divided idea of life. The other condition is motion. So you have stillness and you have motion. Our universe has been called a universe of duality. However, this statement must be qualified because one half of the duality is based on the stillness of knowing and the other half is based on reflected appearances within motion. Reflected appearances. For example, cause and effect. 
Cause is the is in the stillness of knowing, and the effect is the appearance of reflection in motion. Or desire to be. Desire is in the stillness of knowing. And to be is in the appearance of reflected frequencies of the simulations in motion. As they are reflected in the light waves. So as I am still in knowing that my ideas are are revealed and and then begin to have the appearance of being knowing is a product of universal mind therefore our universe only seems to be a universe of duality in reality any seeming duality is merely the appearance of opposite conditions of the one thing and that one thing is the wholeness of creation the sixth uh, aspect of creation is the power of the mind the mind of God and the mind of man are one if we do not understand and know light then we cannot understand and know God nor ourselves, for we are light. In order to know something, we must understand that thing. We must study it. We must show actual proof that it works. To understand something, we must mentally become that thing. Therefore, if we are to fulfill the age-old longing in our hearts to, quote-unquote, know God and to understand where we came from, then we must mentally become God, as we must mentally become creation by imaging these two aspects in motion. This cannot do, I'm sorry, we cannot do by thinking and acting with sensory information. We cannot satisfy spiritual desires with physical functions. The senses can only record thought vibrations which are Opinions, ideas, and assumptions that someone else has qualified according to their own belief system and thought into motion. And we take it on. By using sense perception, we are doing our own thinking with someone else's opinions. In order To realize and to use the power of the mind, we must transform the material desire into the language of the mind. The power of the mind can function only within the motion of mental pictures. Therefore, the language of the mind is imagination, imaging mental pictures in motion. 
The law of motion states that whatever the mind mentally images must be. This is the power of the mind. Every personality embodied on the earth today has direct access to the power of the mind. There is no power outside of us that is as strong as the power within us. The only thing that can block the manifestation is the individual's own belief system. Outside impressions can only be information to us. Information is not knowledge. Knowledge is something that is known. It comes from our study, practice, and prayer. Again, the senses cannot know. To the individual, all information, no matter how it is acquired, is based on reflected appearances and must be qualified by his belief system. So, going back, what is that qualified is what is that actual proof within your belief system that you say you believe that is demonstrating to you that what you believe is working for you. You're seeing the changes and the benefits in your life because you are utilizing the foundation of the principles of the laws of your belief system to create. In order to know with outside information, we must mentally become that information by picturing it in motion. How do we mentally become something? We must establish self-knowledge on the desire, which is the cause and not the effect. Self-knowledge provides the cause, while sensory data deals only with the effect. In order to accomplish this, we must understand the great mystery of the ages. How does the mind of God create through the mind of man? Mental action is the function of the mind. The mind of mankind is an extension of universal mind. The same mind used by God to imagine or image the idea in the creation process. God's mind is universal mind. In the, morphogen, um, the morpho, morphogenetic field of ideation, we cannot acquire self-knowledge from books or schools. Self-knowledge is cosmic. It belongs to the stillness of knowing. We cannot know transient effects. We can only know cause. What is the cause? Each one of us is the guardian of our own mind power. So getting to that level of knowingness, that you have to do the work. It just does not come by happenstance. It doesn't come because you decided that you're going to know. You must do the work to get to that level of elevation.
where you know that you know. Not that you think you know. The last one is the mind. Um, well, is that the last one? No, there's one more after this. But this next one here is uh, the power. No, I'm sorry. I just read the power of the mind. So now the next one is the mind in motion. Mind in motion. Our heritage is to think. Our heritage is to think. To do our own thinking. You know, since AI has come out, it has really become a deterrent to cause many individuals to stop thinking about their own original ideas and handing it over to uh, a technology tool that will solve the problem or think for us. The problem is we use someone else's opinions and information which was recorded by their own senses. <laughs> And accept it into their own belief system. And we sometimes adopt what they do, adopt what they have, adopt how they look, adopt what they drive, adopt what they wear, adopt how they're uh, dating or, or living, whatever. And we stop accepting our own belief system. Man's knowingness has given the power of his mind over to those who would control his life through the use of senses. And in this case, I'm referencing government. Then finally, self-knowledge on light. In the creation process, the belief system is the seedbed from our previous cycles of life and must be harvested. So as we sow, so shall we reap. If we don't like what the belief system is dishing out to us, then what then and would like to change it, then we must establish the knowing factor. Of course, we do this by acquiring self-knowledge through contemplation and understanding. We have been told that God is light. I am the light, saith the Lord. Our light, our Father is light and the Master Teacher. In this lighted image come we his creations as he has molded us from his thoughts into that which is physical. These things that I do so too can you and even greater things. I am come as a lamp unto my people. I am light, the life the truth and the way come and I shall give the rest. How can God be light? Light. God is light because light is the substance of creation. And God, Yahweh God, is the personality of creation. 
Now, let's stop here and let's move towards the scientific attributes of God. Because we understand his principles of God as the creator of ideas through the stillness of rest. But there is a scientific aspect of who and what God is. And so what I'm going to do now is just read them and then give you the brief definitions of or meanings of what these um, attributes uh, mean to you. So the scientific attributes of God include mathematics, physics, sacred geometry, energy dynamics, universal truth, True divinity, perfectionism, concrete knowledge and science, alchemy, cosmic intelligence, and multidimensional wisdom. So in mathematics, when we talk about mathematics, we're talking about the study of numbers, quantity, structure, space, and change. But in the divine universal realm, mathematics is seen as the language of creation, expressing the underlining order and harmony present in all aspects of existence. So mathematics give the formulas from which God created, the numbers, the quantity of how much of you know, the, 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 the space, the dimensions and all of these things. What the structures look like in mathematics, even through our architects, they must, when they're building structures, they need mathematics in order to create space and change. So this is the language of creation and expressing the underlying order and harmony presents present in all aspects of existence. So in other words, there must be order, balance and harmony in order for all aspects of creation to exist under the formula of mathematics. You see, when we talk about the universe, we don't even have a clue. We never mention these things. We just talk about the universe as a source of gimme. I want this. I want that. I know the universe is going to do that. I know the universe. Is the universe going to do that? Who do we meet? Do, does the universe come to us or do we need to go and understand the universe and how it works? Because unless we know the codes and have the keys, we're not going to create. And it will be temporal because we're going in it through the wrong doors. Then there's sacred geometry. I'm sorry, there's physics. Let me back up. There's physics. This branch of science deals with the nature and properties of matter and energy. Matter and energy. In relation to the divine universe, physics explore the fundamental laws and principles governing the cosmos. Providing insight into the workings of the universe. 
Then there's sacred geometry. This is a branch of geometry that explores the geometric patterns, the shapes and proportions considered sacred or symbolic in various spiritual traditions. Sacred geometry is believed to reflect the inherent order and harmony of the universe. The universe is inherently order and harmony, serving as the pathway to deeper understanding and connection with divine. You see, there are patterns and systems and formulas and images and proportions and structures and, you know, quantities and numbers and transformations and elevations all need to be a part of this. But now, as we move forward in our enlightenment, in our understanding, now we see that it is a lot more complicated than we have been taught. The universe is not a gimme tool. It's not a lottery machine. It's not a uh, uh, a dating source. It's not things that we want from the material realm. It is an operating system that has a divine plan for your reality of life. But we choose to do our own bottom-up plan. The same way at the, oh gosh, okay, here goes my biblical knowledge here. Um, I forgot the Tower of Babel. Where they were trying to build a tower to get up to heaven. See how high they could go. That's what we do. We do the exact same thing. Building material things to see how high we can elevate supposedly and perceptively uh, higher than other people thinking we are beyond the better with others. The more material things I have, the more, you know, I'm in the know, the more I'm important, the more I'm seen, the more I'm heard. And what we are here to do on this planet has absolutely nothing to do with matter. The things. It is about the spiritual work. So sacred geometry is that part where we must have order and harmony in our life if we are to tap and extract from the universe towards a deeper understanding and connection with the divine. Then there's the energy dynamics. This is the study and flow of transformation energy within systems. In the context of the divine universe, energy dynamics refer to the movement and interaction of energetic forces that underlie all phenomena, including the balance and harmony of existence. Nothing in the universe can operate within its operating system if it is out of balance, order, and harmony. If it can't operate, 
guess what's going to collapse next? Earth. And everything therein. Universal truth. Universal truth is the fundamental principle or concepts that are considered timeless and applicable across all cultures and belief systems. In relation to the divine universe, universal truth represents the eternal and unchanging aspects of reality that transcend individual perspectives and experiences. Then there is our true divinity. This is the essence of the divine or spiritual nature inherent in all beings. True divinity encompasses qualities such as love, compassion, wisdom, and unity, reflecting the highest potential and the expression of the divine. Perfectionism, another uh, scientific uh, um, title, another scientific uh, attribute of God. This is the pursuit of flawlessness or ideal standards. In the context of the universe, perfectionism may refer to the inherent perfection and completeness of the cosmos, reflecting the divine order and harmony present in all creation. Concrete knowledge and science, the next attribute. Empirical knowledge and scientific understanding based on observable facts, evidence, and experimentation. I'm going to read that again. Concrete knowledge and science is the empirical, empirical knowledge and scientific understanding. So that empirical knowledge is that experimental knowledge. You remember I talked about a few seconds ago? We, we have to have an experiment before we can have an experience. You just don't jump out the gate, do something, and have experiments. You have to try something. You got to do something to see if it works. We play with experiments every day of our life. Oh, let me see if this happened if I do this. We're seeking outcomes from things that we imagine or want to test or try to see what kind of result we will get. So it is our observation knowledge and scientific understanding based on observable facts, evidence, and experimentation. In relation to the divine, concrete knowledge and science provide insights into the physical laws and the phenomena governing the material world, contemplating spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then there's alchemy, a, physio a physiological and spiritual tradition 
that sins, I'm sorry, that seeks to transform and purify the self as well as matter to achieve spiritual enlightenment and perfection. So it is phys physiological and a spiritual tradition that seeks to transform and purify the self and everything else out there in the world of matter to achieve spiritual enlightenment and perfection. But in the context of the divine universe, alchemy symbolizes the process of inner transformation and evolution towards higher states of consciousness or understanding. Then there is the cosmic intelligence, the inherent intelligence and order present in the universe, guiding the evolution and development of all phenomena. That is our cosmic intelligence. It encompasses the idea that there is a deeper underlying wisdom and purpose to exist beyond what is immediately apparent. Multiple dimensional wisdom is our last aspect of the uh, scientific attributes of God. And in multi-dimensional multi wisdom, this transcends linear and limited perspectives encompassing insight from various levels of consciousness and existence. Wisdom transcends linear and limited perspectives. We cannot, we are not born with wisdom. We are born with knowing, with knowingness. But the wisdom comes out of the experimentation and the experience. Now we know that we know that we know based on what I have experienced in life. Multidimensional wisdom recognizes the interconnectedness and the interdependence of all things, offering holistic understanding <coughs> and guidance for navigating life's complexities. Wow, this has been a very in-depth, deep share of knowingness, of helping us to understand what it is we are continuously talking about. Understand what the universe is before you speak on it. And when you speak on it, find the way in which you need to connect to it through its own principles, through its own order, through its own perspectives, through its own dimensions. It is far more complicated and it requires far more work from us so that we are able to not only align ourselves, but prepare ourselves for the process of creating our desires.
as I conclude, remember that you hold the keys and the codes to unlock the universe within your mind, within your heart. Enabling you to manifest your desires, it's essential to reconnect with your inner knowing, tapping into the deep reservoir of wisdom within. Let's not sway by the complexities and the false interpretations of the external world, but instead focus on the rhythmic balance and the interchange within the laws of creation to keep you moving forward. True understanding comes from knowing the cause, the root, and the reason for being. For our existence. Self-knowledge is a result of this understanding which originates from the mind and transcends the limitations of our physical brain, influenced by external belief systems. So, what kind of permanence do you wish to create in your external, in your internal universal life? What inner power do you seek to amplify? What do you want more of? Remember that we desire and set into motion through our ideas is what we ultimately manifest in our lives. So continue. Let's continue to harness the power within to shape our reality and fulfill our highest potential. As always, this is Empress Q, pushing you forward into deeper realms of yourself and your understanding. I hope today's message has been a healing to your soul, giving you something to think about as you focus on the future development concerning your reason for being. Our life is not about who I am, but what I am. Please visit us on all of our social media platforms, our website, NirvanaLifestyle.network, and our Facebook page, Nirvana Lifestyle Network, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Until next time, shalom and next cycle.